so this semester at the table, we've been doing a little series on relationships and uh, Joel started us out with talking about just the importance of community. And then last table, Jude came and talked about friendships. And then tonight, we're going to talk about relationships with our parents, which I'm super excited about. Um, We strategically planned this thinking that this would be really relevant since we're about to enter into the holiday season. And for some of us, um, maybe all of us in the room, going home or dealing with family situations can stir up a lot of anxiety. There might not be peace in your relationship with your family um, or your parents. And Um, It's just really hard becoming an adult and speaking from a young adult perspective, transitioning to being independent and out from under your parents' wing, but still um, wanting to have a good relationship to them and with them and figuring out how to navigate that. Um, So um, we have a special guest here tonight, my dad, who's going to come and talk to us about um, parent relationships and uh, I just really, it's really cool that he is here with us because um, we really struggled with this dynamic, especially when I was in college, and I at one point really didn't feel a lot of hope in our relationship, and now we get to partner in doing ministry stuff like this, and I look up to him so much as a pastor, um, and he has so much perseverance in ministry that I just respect a lot, so this is my dad, Scott, with one T. <laughs> Thanks, Sydney. So I guess it's family night here at Vista. We got the brothers leading worship, the father-son, father-daughter, sorry, father-daughter thing happening here. Um, sorry, Sydney. Um, she's always been like a son to me. Um, <laughs> Sydney's my first. Uh, I have a lot of experience with young adults right now because uh, Sydney is one. My second, uh, who's my first uh, son, who is uh, a young adult. He just graduated from UMHB. Not, uh, what, less, well, kind of technically graduated in August, I think, but he walked in May. Anyway, so as things, you know, work in young adult world sometimes, he's living at home right now, saving money, and that's a great thing. So we're getting to kind of be in his life all over again. I've got a almost young adult. Uh, She's 21, so technically she's a young adult uh, at Florida State. And then my fourth is uh, still at home, but he's on the verge of being a young adult. Uh, He's 17, so junior in high school. Um, Blessed to be here. My wife's name is Ashley. Uh, She is home with uh, baby Sloan tonight uh, at Sydney's house, having a great time there. Uh, And uh, we are just excited to be here with you guys. I'm a pastor, as Sydney said, uh, in College Station, Texas, Aggieland, whoop, anybody? Yeah, okay. Um, part of a, a church revitalization. Uh, I'm at a small Baptist church that was declining for the past decade. Uh, and so we've come in, I haven't been there a year yet, and trying to do a lot. It's, it's a big job. Uh, I started a church about 25 years ago with all college students who became all young adults. So I feel like I've been ministering to young adults all my uh, adult life, just about, because I was one basically when we started the church. So it's exciting to be here with you guys and to speak from some of that experience as well as my own experience uh, in our own family. And I hope that 
I know that everybody's got different perspectives on where you're coming from with parent relationships and stuff, but I hope that something tonight will be something you can use, the Lord can use in your life to take and develop and enhance those relationships because they're so important and such a blessing as you move through life. Um, So we all have parents in some form or fashion, right? Um, And they're all a little bit weird, me included. Right? You, would, you would say that about your parents, I'm sure. At some level, there's something weird about them. And you find that out the more you're maybe around other people's parents, the more you talk to one another. Um, but I'm wondering, like, just what are your parents like? I, I grew up with older parents. Anybody have, like, what you would consider much older parents? Anybody? Okay, so that's a different dynamic, right? Um, my parents were the age of most of my friends' grandparents, and so the, it just created a, a completely different dynamic. I have a brother that's 19 years older than me. We never lived together. He's more like an uncle. So basically they had two different families. He had the young parents. I had the old parents. So who has like what you would consider young parents? Your, your parents had you pretty young. Okay. So they're cool. They're, you know, they, they, they get along with all your friends really well. Um, but there's some different dynamic to that as well because they're maybe not as mature. They, and especially if you're firstborn, uh, then that's uh, a big deal sometimes. All right, how about uh, you would, would consider your parents to be Christian parents? You grew up in a, a Christian home, okay? All right, uh, how about not? Like no shame in that, like it's just what it is. Okay, cool. Um, and then... Um, this may or may not go along with the Christian thing. Uh, sometimes it does, but how about uh, who would say that your parents were really strict, like they were really authoritative parents, like you grew up in a pretty strict household. Hey, what's that? We had fun, what are you talking about? Uh, how about permissive, like you know, pretty much you were on your own or just like let you do, they trusted you. My parents were kind of like that, they trusted me too much. Uh, and I got away with too much. All right, I know there's other situations here tonight as well. Like, um, so it's hard to, to, to get into the nuances of all the parenting things that we've got going on, but I, I do want you to know that I care and I'm sensitive to the fact that, that some of you just grew up in completely different kinds of situations. Um, I know that the prevalence of divorce in our society today means that probably about half of you grew up in broken homes. Uh, and, and that creates a whole nother dynamic. And we'll talk some about that. Uh, some of you may have parents that uh, died uh, early in your life uh, or maybe recently. Uh, my dad died when I just had turned 21. And it created a, uh, a young adult dynamic for me as I related to my mom after that because I had to take on a different kind of role. Uh, in her life. That may be you. Some of you maybe were raised by your grandparents or somebody else uh, that, that cared about you and loved you. Um, but the, the point of tonight is how can we have healthy relationships as young adults with our parents? Because it's not the same as it was when you were a kid. It's not even the same as it was when you were in college. Sydney and I did this, a similar talk uh, with her college group uh, was last year, two years ago, something like that. Uh, and and there's, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences as you uh, begin life in an adult kind of way uh, on, on your own, yet still relate to your parents. Uh, so 
Hopefully we'll be able to, to see how some of that can, can be healthier. Proverbs 14, 12 says that there is a way that seems right to a man. Okay, there's, there's a lot of things that seem right to us about how this should work. And we have strong opinions. When you interact with your parents and when you clash with your parents, uh, you have pretty strong opinions that may be different from theirs. And they seem so right to you. But it's not about you being right or them being right. It's about what does the Lord believe is right in this relationship? And that's what we wanna uncover. Um, so we wanna be people not about our way, we wanna be people about the way, that we walk in the way of Jesus in all parts of our life. Uh, and so as we talk about how that looks, uh, as we kind of navigate this, this new era of uh, relating to our parents, um, your parents are part of your story. You can't deny that. Like they're, they're a huge part of your story. They're going to continue to be part of your story. They're potentially going to be a part of, uh, if you haven't gotten married yet uh, and you're, you're going to, then they're going to be a part of that story in a special way. Uh, if you're going to have kids one day, uh, they're going to be a big part of that story. Um, but the key to remember, guys, as you break away from the, and I know that when we get with our parents, there's just, sometimes there's just this weird thing that happens that we revert to uh, at least thinking that we have to be under them and we're confused by that uh, and, and how that, especially when we're in their house. And I know that like Sydney mentioned, Thanksgiving's coming up and uh, Christmas holidays. So there's going to be occasion for you to be back in perhaps the house that you were raised in. And there's a lot of things that you, they kind of, expect you in some some ways and you kind of fall into those patterns of of playing that same role that you did when you live there but now that you don't live there and you're kind of fighting that internally and you're fighting that externally with them know that they're not the ones writing your story okay you guys you're writing your story and ultimately the lord is writing it but you have a, a, a level of control uh, that you didn't have when you were a kid that you've got to embrace as a young adult. And, and so as you start out in this, you know, 20s and 30s, you're, you're forming that. What's that going to look like when you're 40? What's that going to look like when you're 50 as you relate to them? How the, the things that you're doing now are laying the groundwork for that. And so that's why this moment is, is important. Um, we all have a choice to how we're going to handle uh, those relationships. All right, so as we move into uh, the next section in just a little bit and, and, and start to talk about some of the, the, the clash that might happen and how to deal with that, um, we're going to give you some practical tips before this is all over with, uh, and hopefully they'll hit on some uh, areas that you're dealing with or maybe will deal, deal with soon. But I just want you to take some time in your table groups right now to kind of get to know one another from the context of your parents. And so what I want you to do uh, hopefully you know each other uh, if you don't get that out of the way real quick, but then introduce your parents to one another. Like, hey, uh, my parents are Bill and Linda and, you know, they're this or whatever. You know, my parents actually aren't Bill and Linda, um, but uh, do that for just a little bit. So you're going you're gonna to talk about that just so that you can, we want to humanize this moment, right? Because it's so easy to pick on our parents because they're not here except for Sydney's. 
And she already picked on me, so that's done. So uh, let's humanize and make sure that we're, you know, we're talking about real people here and we care about them and we love them. Uh, but we can be honest with one another about some of the struggles, but we, we do care about Bill and Linda. So introduce your parents to one another. Uh, and then I want you to talk about, let's start on a positive note and, and let's talk about one thing that your parents did right. I mean, surely you can come up with one thing that they did right. And just share that. You really kind of, as you look back, you're out now, you're kind of looking, I really, am, I'm thankful that my parents did this. I think they did that right. And then finally in your table groups, um, what do you think your parents are saying about you right now? Like you get together and you probably vent to one another sometimes. Oh, my mom's driving me crazy. She keeps calling. She's whatever, you know, like you, you do that with each other. But let me tell you, the young adult parent mafia is strong. We get together and we talk about you guys. All right. So, so what do you think that, that your parents are talking about you with other parents? What are they saying about you and where you're at in life right now? Okay. So clear enough, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you need. Okay. 10 minutes. All right, cool. We'll come back. Go for it. All right, hopefully you've had enough time to talk about some of those. Let's come back together. Um, this is one for you to think about, not to talk about at your table, but on a scale of one to five, one being um, not at all, five being very or a lot, um, how spiritually minded or uh, uh, what, the, what is the level of uh, their, their passion for following Jesus uh, of your parents? Just think about that for a second. Like how spiritual are your parents? Like not at all, they're not believers or they're rocking. I mean, they're leading me big time and other people, okay? Um, now think about this. Are you, or do you consider yourself, let's just do it that way. Do you consider yourself more spiritual than your parents? All right, so... For some of you, that's a big time yes, because um, your parents aren't believers. Uh, for some uh, that are believers, it's still a yes. I remember there was a point in my life uh, as a teenager, actually, where I, I felt pretty convinced that I was following Jesus in a way that my parents weren't. Um, they were good people, they were moral people, and they believed in Jesus. We went to church, but they kind of just rolled the ball out there. and. Uh, I took it and ran with it. They didn't really teach me what to do with it that much. And so that may be your story as well. Um, if that is, then, then there's a, that plays in big time to, to some of the, the issues that you might have with your parents or how you see your parents or what you do uh, with them as things come up. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 3 might think this is a strange verse for a bunch of young adults because it says children, right? But it doesn't put any age limit on what that means. We're all children, right? So it applies to us. Actually, in the culture that Paul wrote this in, uh, people were still considered to be under their father until he was 60 years old. Now, Sydney's just got a couple of years left, but I still got her. Okay, so um, that's not exactly the way our culture works, but uh, it, it does imply that we have to at least at some level consider how this might apply to us. 
obey your parents in the Lord. That's a tough one. I mean, we didn't like that word when we were kids, right? We certainly don't like it as adults, but it says obey your parents in the Lord. What does that mean? Well, the, uh, the phrase to obey your parents actually um, is, is modified by in the Lord. It, it's, not, uh, it, it's not dependent upon whether your parents are believers or not. We have to make sure we understand that. This is just talking about obeying your parents in the Lord. That means that the emphasis is on you more than it is on them. That you are supposed to be in the Lord, not them. Now, they are in the big picture. That's what God wants. But this instruction is for you and for me to obey our parents in the Lord. That's how we're supposed to. Uh, and this, it's consistent with the way of Jesus. And it's consistent with the context of what Paul is even teaching here because we have to back up a few verses into chapter 5 and see how he starts this passage of Scripture when he says that we are to mutually submit to one another in uh, chapter 5, verse 21. We are, we are to be people who mutually submit to each other in light, in the church. Uh, I was actually here, what, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, Austin talked about submission. So hopefully you heard that as well. But the big thing in, in submission as we live that out uh, in, in Christian relationships and in the church is that we have to remember that it is, uh, it's, it's not about us. It's about the other people, how we put other people first. And, uh, and so as we think about being in the Lord, that is about us. We, that, uh, we have to assume that responsibility, that we have to function in the Lord. We can't just expect everybody else to. It doesn't matter. We still have our obligation to function in a certain way, and that way is in the Lord. It's also in community. I mean, this passage is written to the church. This whole letter is written to the church. The, the teaching is to the church. It assumes that you are in, are in biblical community. That's what this is. Okay, that's, this is uh, uh, kind of the starter kit for that. We need a lot more of this kind of discussion with one another to really be in community with one another. We need to be in each other's lives in a, such a way that we're uh, sharing the, the ups and downs of life and ministering to each other out of the unique giftedness that God has given each one of you guys. Uh, and, and we need that. Uh, we can't relate properly to the Lord uh, independent of community. That's the way he set it up, uh, much less uh, anybody else and, and our own parents. Uh, so um, the other thing about that, the, the community aspect is that you may still be searching for that. Like you haven't found that kind of home yet. You're on the verge of it maybe, and hopefully that's going to be here if, if you're new, uh, just checking out Vista, that you could find community here. This church is great. It's set up for that. that that's the, the heartbeat of what they do. And so I love that. Um, I think that that's the way it should be. Uh, and, and so you have a great opportunity to find that here through small groups. But... Uh, your parents may still be a part of that community in, in a way that you need them. And, and so don't just kick them out the door in, in that way. Like you, you still need to, to own uh, that, that reality that God has put them in your life to be part of your biblical community, really for the rest of your life. It'll just change in different ways. But, but right now they may be uh, the greatest voice in your community. 
and you need to hear them. And, and the tension comes when you know as an adult you don't really want to need them, right? That, that, that's the tough part. Like, uh, and that's, that's not the way it's supposed to be. It's okay to need them. Uh, it's okay to reach out to them and ask for their advice and to get help from them. Um, so why do we do that? Why, do we, why is Paul giving us this instruction here? Um, he says uh, to, to honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that may, you may live long in the land. He says it's right. This is just the way it's meant to be. It's, it, everything works the right way when we do this. Uh, we, we honor our parents. It goes well with us. Uh, we live long lives. Those are promises from God. The first commandment that's given uh, to us that has a promise attached to it. So we need to really kind of dig into that. Um, but uh, this is really going to be key as we move forward into this. We're going to talk about conflict in just a little bit. Uh, and so uh, recognizing that we have to be in the Lord when we approach uh, conflict with our parents or, or new kind of issues with them. Um, and, you know, I don't know exactly what the level of uh, spiritual um, connectedness that, that Paul is implying here by tying that, this whole teaching to uh, the fifth commandment. But uh, we, we have to explore uh, in our hearts and between us and the Holy Spirit what it looks like for you and, and wherever God has you right now in your life to honor your parents. You've got to pay attention to that because it, it's, it's key, it's important um, so that it will go well with you. You're gonna struggle if you don't get this right. You're gonna, you, you, you really want to, the rest of your life, uh, the rest of their life more likely uh, as, uh, as it relates to your life is gonna go great for you if you get this right now. Uh, your uh, future relationships, um, uh, kids, parenting, uh, growing older, uh, them growing older, that's all gonna work much better if you can understand what it means to honor. Uh, and I just wanna kind of plant that seed, um, not exactly selfishly, uh, because uh, that, that is a real thing, but, um, but guys, we're instructed, 1 Timothy 5, we're, we're supposed to take care of our, our aging parents. Now, most of you don't have aging parents probably, but this is something that you're going to deal with. This is part of adulting uh, that you're gonna have to deal with one day. What am I gonna do? You may be the oldest in your family and this is gonna fall on you in some way. Like, how am I gonna care for my parents? At 21, I had to ask myself, what does it look like for me to care for my widowed mom? And so uh, a question I, I really didn't think I would have to be asking myself or answering anytime soon, but yet there I was. And so you don't know what that's gonna look like uh, for, for you, but the, but the Lord wants you to, to care for your parents. Um, so we're gonna look at a, I'm involved in a uh, uh, cohort that, uh, as I said, we're in the middle of a church revitalization. And so we get together with some other pastors and people that have been through that kind of stuff. And we talk about the ins and outs of that. And uh, we had a meeting yesterday uh, about conflict resolution. And so some of the stuff that we talked about, I thought was extremely 
applicable to what we're doing tonight. And so there's a triangle up here, uh, I think. Yeah, okay. So just want you to just kind of study that. For just, just ponder that triangle and, and kind of mine some of the depths of, of what you see there. Uh, one, one thing that I thought about was like the, the line between uh, me and the problem is, is very thin, but there's a big space there when, when I, the, the parent or the other person comes into the picture. Uh, and, and so a lot of things to, to explore in that. All right. Um, we're going to go to the second discussion now. A couple of questions as it relates there. Uh, you can talk some more about the triangle. Um, but I want you to, to describe something that is difficult. What would that problem be for you, in other words, uh, that, that uh, you and your parents maybe are both dealing with? Something that's difficult about you and your relationship with your parents. And then secondly, uh, what might it or what does it look like for you to honor your parents? Have you thought about this or what, what do you think about uh, in this stage of life that you're in? What, what's What's that look like? How's it different from when you were a kid? What, what is, should it look like now? Just what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so talk about that with each other and we'll come back in 10 minutes. Get to some action steps. All right, let's come back. Dive into some action steps. I know that, that last question was probably like, that's a, that's a tough one. I'm, you're not gonna answer that one here tonight, probably. That's gonna be one you're gonna wrestle with. A lot. What does it look like to really honor? Uh, but I think that that's what the Lord wants. He wants us to wrestle with that. Um, the effort is really uh, the, the biggest part of it. Um, don't not try. The first action step that I want to talk about is uh, don't prolong the dysfunction. Make space for healing. Like you guys don't wake up one day when you're 45 and say, why didn't I deal with this sooner? Like if you have been given the ability to see things that are wrong, that need to be corrected, whether it's they're wrong or you're wrong, but the conversation needs to be had as two adults, then, then have it. And if we're not intentional about stuff like that, it's not going to happen. Human nature wants us to just kick the can down the road. I mean, every person, every organization, even the church is always going to gravitate toward the status quo. That's our natural tendency. We have to work against that to create anything better. If you just like let things be the way they've always been at 25, at 30, at 30, I mean, it's all going to be the same. Maybe different issues you're dealing with, but it's going to be the same stuff because you've never dealt with it. Uh, your parents aren't perfect. They need your help. Like, it's, there's nothing wrong with you stepping in. I love that my kids uh, hold us, call us out, hold us to, to a higher standard. Uh, to me, that feels like success, like that, that they now can see that. So... Be that gift to your parents. Don't be a jerk about it. Be loving. Remember, I mean, this is all in the context of being in the Lord, right? 
you can do this the right way. It doesn't have to be the argument that you've always had and that, that always goes the same way. Break that cycle. Break it for yourself. Break it for the next generation. Because more than likely, if you don't effort toward this, that you're going to do the same thing with your kids one day. You may not believe me, but it happens because that's, that's what's wired into you. It just comes out. Like, you start sounding like, I mean, there's, you know, a commercial that makes fun of this. Like, you know, you, to teach you how to not become your parents. Like, uh, it, it just comes out of us eventually. And so... While you still have a chance before those roots take too much more, uh, you know, depth in your life, like root this out and, and, and deal with it. Break that cycle. Don't prolong the dysfunction. All right. The next slide uh, is about conflict resolution. And uh, there's a, a little, go ahead, go ahead and, yeah. So this is something from my meeting yesterday. Uh, so let's just think about like, you know, how bad things can be. Let's, let's hope that nothing is so bad uh, between your parents that you are contemplating suicide, although that's a very serious thing. And if you are, for any reason, ask somebody for help. Don't deal with that on your own. You need to ask and people want to help you. But uh, so not to make light of it, but let, let's just hope that, that it's not that bad uh, over here on the escape response the way that you deal with conflict with your parents. And let's not murder our parents either, okay? Let's not go to the extreme of the attack response. But somewhere in this, uh, we're all probably dealing with some level of dysfunction and some conflict that needs to be worked through. So what all this is is kind of your Thanksgiving uh, preparedness kit uh, for your next uh, conversations with your parents. I, I want to really call out uh, or, or make note of this one over in this peacemaking area, but on the, 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 the edge of escape. Uh, the overlook versus the reconciliation. To me, I think that's a key one that we, we end up with in. Uh, overlooking something that bothers us. By the way, this is stuff that uh, obviously relates to any relationships it will help you in marriage. It will help you with friends. Uh, so uh, take a picture of this. Uh, it, it's something to, to kind of think through. But that overlook or reconciliation, is, I, think, I think, is an area where we uh, kind of come into that a lot in our lives. We overlook things, but that kind of goes back to the dysfunction of just kicking it down the road. Uh, that's not really a healthy way to overlook something. We have to be able, if we're going to choose to overlook something, as a peacemaking response, then uh, we have to really move on from it. It's not a uh, put it in our back pocket and bring it up again later. If we're going to, if someone has offended us, and, and not everything, you know, we have Matthew 18 to deal with conflict, right, biblically, but not everything has to be to that level. Like you have the power to just forgive and move on, and they never even know about it. Now, the problem comes when we just can't get over it without a conversation, and that's a real thing. God knew that, and that's why he gave us those instructions with how to deal with conflict in the church uh, when someone sins against us, but, uh, and, and so that includes your parents. So there are conversations that need to be had. Um, where do you go? Come back. 
Okay, uh, so reconciliation is the goal. Like, we're, we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. And so if you can get reconciliation by overlooking, that's great. But you might have to have a conversation. And so this is where the proactive aspect. Now, I get that you wish, that, and that the roles are reversed here, right? Because this is something your parents should be doing. Like, you, you want them to do this. They're supposed to be the more mature ones, right? Well, maybe they're not in this area. And that's just, you have to call it what it is. And you have to be the ones that initiate the, the beginning of this healing process, okay? So um, another part of this is going to be uh, a different issue. I don't know if any of you guys are married yet, um, but if you will be, uh, there, this takes on a different dynamic when you're married because now you have uh, conflict with a person who's just stepped in to your family with your parents. Like Aaron doesn't like everything that Scott and Ashley do, okay? And so that creates conflict. How are you gonna deal with that in marriage? Now, I'm not saying this is what everybody should do, but something uh, my wife and I chose to do early on, we, we said, look, you understand all the dysfunction of your parents, and I understand all the dysfunction of mine. So you're going to be the spokesperson for us, for our team, when, when it comes to, like, dealing with conflict, because you know the nuances of, like, how to talk to them. We'll talk about this together, but you're going to kind of take point on that discussion, and I'm going to do that with my parents, because it's often difficult for either the parents or for the, uh, the, the person that's coming into this to, to be that, because uh, and, and you, you've got, you know, dynamics that you haven't ever worked with before. So if you can do that, that might be one way to deal with it. Uh, the other way may be even better, like maybe there's so much dysfunction in the way that you relate, uh, your, your spouse is able to kind of come in with a fresh, like, you know, clean slate with them, and there's no hard feelings here. I'm just calling it like I see it kind of deal. Um, but know that if you don't see dysfunction in your f family of origin, uh, when you get married, <laughs> your spouse will uh, definitely see the dysfunction. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of weird. Like, you're going to have those moments, and you're going to do the same for their uh, family as well. So, uh, think about that. And then the other part of this is um, if, if you have parents who are divorced and you have to kind of play that game between uh, holidays is one of the, you know, big areas that this comes in. Like, who are you going to, uh, but there's all kind of ways that this is going to come up in your life at your wedding and uh, different special occasions, like who gets to do what, and, and you have to walk that tightrope. But I just want to say, like, that's not on you. That's on them. So as an adult relating to other adults, you don't have to be prisoner to their dysfunction. Let them figure that out, right? Like you can be loving and you can be kind, but you don't have to, you can choose to do it, but don't feel like you have to do it. Does that make sense? Uh, and, and that's a big part that there's a lot of conflict that, that happens with that. Uh, I see that all the time. Okay, uh, moving on to the next slide. This is uh, some uh, how, to, how to practice active listening. Uh, take a picture of this uh, in the next slide for sure. So we're not going to have time to go through it. But I think this is a great quote. Being heard is so close to being loved 
that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. Now, you want to be heard by your parents. And some of you are thinking, like, where's the conference for them? Like, they need to hear all this stuff, right? Um, yes, they do. But, you, okay, yeah, you can, Cindy said you can send them the link. Um, but, uh, but you're the ones that are here. You're the ones hearing it. You're the ones, you, you're an adult and you have priesthood and you can take the, the reins on this and lead the way uh, and be the one that listens uh, first, Model for them what you want them to do for you. Uh, and, and so listening is such a big part of this. Like we, we don't listen well in, in conflict often because we want to just give our whole spiel. Uh, and we're just waiting for that other person to shut up so that we can say what we want to say. But we haven't heard them at all. If you'll practice active listening, and that's what this next slide is, it's just some tips on uh, active listening. Con uh, I guess we broke it down to, to several slides, so you're going to take a few pictures. But I want you to get this because you're going to need to refer back to this. Concentrate all your physical and mental energies on listening. You've got to really, again, being intentional. Uh, don't think about your rebuttal. We just said that. Avoid interrupting. Um, that you know, when you get in conflict, you just that, that's you want to start interrupting each other. Okay. Demonstrate interest and alertness. Like care about what they're saying. Um, give them some cues that you're really listening. Uh, seek areas of agreement. Like look to to bring to make peace in these moments. Provide clear and unambiguous feedback. What I hear you saying, Mom. Is this, is that right? Like, let, so that, because you might be wrong. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. So it helps to clear up the conversation, okay? And then repress the tendency to respond emotionally. This is huge uh, to what is said. We get emotional with our parents. We, uh, we walk away. We, uh, you know, from uh, teenage years, we go to our room and slam the door. We can't do that anymore. Uh, ask questions when you don't understand something. Paraphrase to ensure your understanding. Uh, and then some tips. Count to 10. Uh, if there is a pause in the conversation, if, if dad's kind of given his lecture or whatever and, and he pauses, this is not your chance to finally get to say what you want to say. Hold on. He may not be finished. Like Practice, and this is good for everybody. And I tell you, when you get married, if you're married, like, this is a, a big time a tip. Like, she's not done yet, guys. Like, she's got some more to say. Count to 10, and chances are uh, you're going to get to about four or five, and then there's going to be some more. So let that happen. If you will let a person be heard, they will feel safer and, and more loved. And whatever you have to say next uh, will probably be more informed as well when you respond. And the other thing is, is, is practice a simple phrase like, uh, tell me more about that as you're talking with somebody. Like, uh, it's just a very kind thing. It, it helps you to, uh, to break down that, uh, that conversation even more and, and get clarity on what they're saying. And it shows that you really care about them. So that's a, that's a good practice to have. Tell me more. Um, all right. Next one is uh, thank them for all the ways that they're still parenting you, ways that they've parented you in the past, ways that, there's, ways that they're still parenting you. Uh, and, and that may be like antithetical to the argument because you don't like the ways that they're still trying to parent you. Um, but look for some good in that. 
look for their heart in that. I really appreciate that you care about me. Like, I, I know that you want me to get married. I know that you want me to date somebody. I know that you want me to have grandkids. And I know that's all important to you. And, and I appreciate that you want to, you care about my life in that way. Um, and, and then, you know, go into a discussion about how that bothers you or whatever. But, but show them, um, you know, that, you, that you're thankful for who they are. Like my dad uh, hasn't been around my adult life. He didn't get to see me get married or, or uh, have kids. Uh, I would love to listen to all his opinions that I probably wouldn't agree with a lot. Uh, you know, so while you have that, like capture those moments, like let them talk. And then just say, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but, you know, we, we feel like God led us to do this or what, you know, like give your reasoning and try to have a, a rational conversation with them. But you can still be thankful for them. Um, ask them for advice. Beat them to the punch. If your parents are just like love to give advice, ask them for the advice before they give. They'll, they'll be so freaked out like, What? You, you want to know what I think about this? Like, and, and it will diffuse the, the situation there. Uh, and and you, you've got to be able to, to go in the, into this um, ready to respond in the Lord. Like some of our responses in dysfunctional situations are the definition of insanity, right? Like we, uh, we know it's going to go this way. And so uh, here we go again. We're going to have this argument, and it, it went exactly the way I thought it was going to go, and I'm frustrated all over again, like, because we haven't approached it in the right way. Go into it, making sure you're in the, know that, expect that they're going to do that. Like, don't be surprised. My, my brother, who's 19 years older than me, uh, would, would have conflict with my mom as an adult and, and it would just blow my mind how he couldn't see, like, why is this surprising you? Like, y'all do this every time you get together. And it was driving me crazy to, to see it. Like, you just quit talking if that's what you're gonna do. But if you're gonna actually work on the problem, then one of you and, and you being perhaps the, the more in control or the more spiritual or whatever has to go into this in the Lord in such a way that you can deal with that and not get triggered by some of those old things that, that bring up uh, hurts and wounds for you, but you can actually address it and, and be a part of the healing process. All right, we talked about having some Q&A time. Do we have time or you wanna bypass that? No, no Q&A time. If you got questions, Sydney has all the answers. Uh, email her, and uh, if she needs to consult me, I'm glad to, to weigh in. But thank you, guys. Um, I just really want to encourage you to be the kind of uh, spiritual brother, uh, sister uh, to your parents that you want them to be to you uh, and, and be the leader that maybe they're not being, uh, if that's the case. And if you've got parents that are leading the way on this, Thank them for that and, and, and enjoy it and help somebody else who's dealing with, because there's a lot of dysfunctional stuff out there between uh, people like you and people like me. And uh, the church would be much stronger if we would get those things dealt with in, at the family level. Uh, and so my prayer for you guys is that you would be extremely proactive in the Lord about doing some of that stuff, doing the hard work. 
and breaking some of the cycles that are out there. Sydney, you got anything to add? I'll just, I'll pray for us before we do announcements, if that's okay. Um, so if y'all want to open your hands to in a posture of receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit, would you just be in us um, as we um, prepare to enter into the holiday season and maybe enter into some really difficult situations. Um, God, I pray that you would give us strength um, to be peacemakers, uh, to be proactive, and um, just to be um, caring in the way that we love our parents, even when they have hurt us or disappointed us. God, maybe there's things that we're really holding on to from our childhood. I pray that you would just give us peace um, to, to practice forgiving like you've forgiven us. God, I, I pray that, um, that you would surround our conversations, um, that you would just bring joy uh, in the relationships with our parents and that we wouldn't take for granted the the moments that we do have with them um, and that we would break cycles of dysfunction um, and just be a light. Lord, we can be a witness to our parents, even though that, that we're younger, um, you can speak through us to, to help them see you in new ways. And I pray that we would not lose sight of that. And um, God, so just be with us and help us to cast all our anxiety and fear on you. And we love you in your name. Amen.